turn your Bible uh, to Luke chapter number 16 this morning for our Sunday school hour, Luke chapter number 16. <clears throat> and this morning, we're going to start talking about this subject, give an account of thy stewardship. Now, you see it there on your, on your outline. How many of you would want to have this plant that I have here? You know, they say money don't grow on trees, right? But uh, you're going to see today, that not necessarily that money grows on trees, but, you know, it's, it, it, we need to understand that from what God has given to us, that there can be some fruit that comes out of that. And the Bible tells us, you'll see it in the passage today, that we will need, to, we, well, not need to, we will one day give an account of our stewardship. Now, stewardship's a Bible concept so I want you to think about that, all right? So don't anybody take my plant here, all right? That's a very special plant. I'm going to plant that in my backyard. Hey, Brother Tim, good to see you. How you feeling? Like a million bucks, right? Not quite. Not quite. <laughs> good to see Brother Tim. He, he laid out of church last week. I went over and had a conversation with him. Why aren't you in church? You know, but good to see you came back today. Got his heart right. Uh, appreciate it. I'm sure Tim, Tim probably appreciates, no doubt, all of you that prayed and came by and visited. Any update, any things? Should we stay away from you today or anything like that? You're, you're good? All right. So Brother Tim's new name is Stint uh, Chadwick, and so he's, he's good to go. All right. Another 100,000 miles. Good to see Brother Tim here. All right. So Luke chapter number 16 this morning, and uh, we're looking uh, forward to what well, we're going to spend some time this morning talking about the, this matter of stewardship. So look here in verse number one. The Bible says, and he said unto his disciples, now how many of you, if you're looking at your Bible, those words are in what color? Black, right? Now some of you probably have a Bible that everything is in black writing. How many of you have a red letter Bible? Raise your hand, all right? Now look at the rest of the verses. What color are they? Red. Now, you know, years ago somebody used to say, those are the words Jesus said. Listen, it's all God's word, right? <laughs> but again, the Lord is about to share something. I want you to see what he's about to share in verse number one, he says, there was a certain rich man, pay attention now, certain rich man which had a steward, and the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. And he called him and said unto him, how is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest be no longer steward. Then the steward said within himself, now you get that phrase, he didn't say it out loud, but remember, who is he talking to? Talk to me. He's talking to himself, and really he's standing before who? Yeah, he's standing before the Lord. Now watch this. He's not saying it out loud, but Jesus is God in the flesh. And so the Bible says, he says this within himself, what shall I do? In other words, he's been caught. You, know, you ever been there? Yes. Especially with the Lord. You know, God's, God's tugging at your heart. He's trying to get your attention. And he says, what shall I do? For my Lord taketh away from me the stewardship. Notice it was something given to him by who? Come on, talk to me. Given to him by the Lord, right? So look what it says. He says in verse 3, I cannot dig. To beg, I am ashamed. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I've heard, read a couple different commentaries, different people's opinions. No one knows for certain. You know, maybe the guy was, maybe he thought it was beneath him. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to go out and beg. Uh, you know, I, 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 I haven't had a shovel in my hand for years, you know, uh, I'm not going to dig, I'm, I'm not going to work for it. But in verse number four, 
He says, I am resolved what to do. In other words, I figured this out. He says, when I am put out of the, the, the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his Lord's debtors unto him. These are people that owed his Lord. Okay, and it's little letter L, but they owed his Lord. And the Bible says that he calls him unto him and said unto the first, How much owest thou unto my Lord? And he said, An hundred measures of oil. And he said unto him, Take thy bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. And then he said unto another, And how much owest thou? And he said, An hundred measures of wheat. And he said unto him, Take thy bill and write fourscore. Anybody know what fourscore is? Eighty. Okay. A score is twenty, so four times twenty is eighty. So in, in verse number eight, the Lord commended, now look at that, the Lord commended the what kind of steward? Unjust. Now again, the Bible lays this out. The truth is the word of God will teach itself here, but, but a lot of times when I read the Bible, I miss things. Okay, so it says he was an unjust steward, but the Lord commended him. Why did he commend him? Because he went to the people that owed his Lord and says, hey, how much do you owe my Lord? Well, I owe him 100. Okay, just write 50. How much do you owe? I owe him 100. Okay, write four score, write 80. So the Lord commended him, even though he was an unjust steward. And the Bible says here, the Lord commended him because he had done wisely. For the children of this world, that's a, that's a key phrase, are in their generation wiser than the children of light. I say unto you, make to yourselves friends of mammon of unrighteousness, that when ye fall, notice when ye fall, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. Sometimes people wonder, I just wonder why God doesn't give me more. What are you doing with what you have? There's a great principle right there. Be, look here, God says just be faithful with what you have. And if you're faithful, guess what God will do? God will, God will entrust you with more. So here's the next st statement. He that is unjust, it, notice in the least, is unjust also in much. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you to trust the, uh, commit to your trust the true riches? And if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one, love the other, or else he will hold to the one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, does anybody know what the word mammon keeps referring to? Money. money. You, could, you could say money. That You could say material things, right? Things of this world. There's a lot of things that fit into that category. But, but look here. As a Christian, have you learned that lesson yet? That you can't serve God and serve money or the things of this world. They don't go hand in hand. Now, again, look here, we're talking about serving. You can't serve both at the same time. There's, there's always going to be a divided heart, okay? Look at the last couple of verses here. Verse 14, and the Pharisees also who were covetous heard all these things. Now, let me ask you this before I go on. Jesus, did he know that the Pharisees would hear this? Yes or no? Yeah, so, so in other words, he gave this because he knew he would have an audience and think about who he wanted to hear this, okay? And the Bible says they were covetous, they heard all these things, and notice they derided him. People don't like that whenever you, you basically kind of tug on a hard string, and they didn't care for what he had to say. In verse 15, and he, here's what he says to them, 
Ye, ye are they which justify yourselves before men, but God knoweth your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. Now, there's a lot of great things here. So, you know, we're going to spend maybe two weeks, maybe longer talking about this. But I think clearly we can see from this passage that it's important for us to see as Christians that, that God, like this man that we read about this morning, God has given to him a stewardship. But you have to understand this morning that God has given you a stewardship also, every one of us. And as you look at this passage this morning, we see here, this is just one of many incidents in the Bible where Jesus used parables. Now, I don't know if you, years ago I was reading through and I saw the word parable, and it's a Bible word, and I, I thought to myself, now why would Jesus use what the Bible calls a parable? Why would he employ using a parable? Does anybody know why Jesus used parables? Richie? Okay, it's a word picture. Good thought. Anybody else? Those that would hear would not understand. There's some truth in that statement too. Brother Flynn. Messiah would use parables, and that is true. Brother Guy? Yeah, anybody, anybody in here from my generation uh, or earlier that medicine in our day wasn't bubblegum flavored and cherry flavored and your mom used to help you with a little sugar, you know, to go, for it to go down, make it a little more palatable? Anybody else from that generation? These kids nowadays, I mean, medicine, they love to take medicine. That's the problem is they take too much of it. But, but you know, the thing is, is that that is true is sometimes, now Jesus truly was the master teacher. There's never been a teacher like Jesus. And, and Jesus had a way with getting the truth across. Now, I don't think in any way at all was he ever deceptive with people. But I think, it's, I think we can learn a lot. I, as a pastor and as a teacher of God's Word, I have studied many times how Jesus taught. One of the greatest things that Jesus ever used was questions. He employed questions all the time. You know why? Because... Questions probe, but statements accuse. So many times what Jesus would do is ask questions, and it reveals things. And a lot of times it gets people to open up. And here we see Jesus using this parable. Now, the word parable is actually a neat word. It's a compound word. There's a lot of words like that in the Bible that are, that are two words that are brought together. When you bring them together, those words separately mean two separate things. But when you bring them together, they mean something specific. The word parable comes from a compound word. Here's what it means, to cast alongside of something else. To cast alongside of something else. So a parable, as some of, some of the individuals in the auditorium this morning were hitting on, a parable is often a significant comparison between two objects. And the reason that he would use that is because he's trying to teach a single truth. I knew a preacher years ago, and his messages were all the same. He, in every message, he taught one single truth. And his message, you know what it was? It didn't matter what he was preaching on. He had a, not, not literally, but he had a hammer, 
and he just kept hitting that one nail, that one single truth. So, you know, a lot of times, you, you know, I've sat and listened to some preaching, and, and there's so much in the message, you're walking out going, okay, what did he just preach about? With this guy, I never had to wonder because he just kept hitting that same nail. Jesus used parables to teach a single truth. Well, what do you think he was teaching on in this passage? Anybody have an idea? Look at the screen. Stewardship, right? That's what he was teaching about. That's what this whole parable is about. He used parables to reveal truth to those who wanted to know it. Now, listen, as much as Jesus, and by the way, he wants everyone to know the truth. But remember, even these people in verse number 14, who were people that opposed him, as much as Jesus gave out these parables, the reason he did was twofold. One is to reveal truth to those that wanted to know it, but also to reveal truth or to, to hide truth from those that opposed him. It, we see here that many times he concealed the truth to those who were indifferent to him. Here's a couple of verses to explain what we're getting at as we get started this morning talking about this parable. Look in your notes, Mark 4, verse 10. Look at this. And when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked him the parable. In other words, do you get this? This is his disciples. This is his closest followers. And they are like, okay, Lord, you need to explain this to us. We're trying to understand what this parable is about. Now, look what he says to them. Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in miracles, uh, parables, that seeing they may see and not what? Perceive. But look at, and hearing they may hear and not understand. So again, Jesus crafted his teachings. Now he wanted everyone to know the truth, but oftentimes there were many that, that, that opposed his teaching that were indifferent to the fact that he was God in the flesh. But those that wanted to hear, he wanted them to get the truth. This morning, I think that everyone in this auditorium this morning knows Christ as your Savior. I pray that you do. And if we're here this morning as a child of God, then guess what? You're in that crowd that wants to know the truth. And the truth that God wants us to get this morning is this matter of our stewardship and how one day we will give an account of the stewardship that God has given to us. Now, it says here, as you think about this parable of the unjust steward, it, again, it teaches about stewardship. So let's just stop for a second and talk about stewardship. What is it? Well, here's a little definition of it, and I don't know if I included it there or not, but it's defined as utilizing and managing all resources, not some, all resources that God has provided for the glory of God and for the betterment of his creation. Now, how much of your money belongs to you and how much of it belongs to God? It's all his, right? Now, that's, that's a principle that every one of us, if we haven't gotten it, we need to get it. Somebody said it this way, that stewardship identifies God as the owner and man as the manager. So what you are, when it comes to finances, the resources, the material things that you have, you are a manager of it. You are, God is the owner. He owns it all. God is allowing you to be the steward. Now, what we want to be is we want to be a wise steward. 
not an unjust steward like this man in the story this morning. So in Luke 16, this man had mismanaged his stewardship. Now here's the, here's the principle, and I hope you got it while we were reading through it. Here it is. Because he was unjust, because he hadn't managed things the way he should, his stewardship was being taken away from him. And you know what you call that? He was getting fired, right? He's losing his job. So here's what the guy does. He's thinking about this as uh, he, he, his Lord tells him that he's going to take away his stewardship. So he wants to make sure that when he gets fired that he's going to be taken care of. So he, the Bible tells us here that he wanted to make sure that he would have somewhere to live because he wasn't going to have an income. You know, I, I've got to make sure that I've I, I got somewhere to go because, you know, my Lord's been taking care of me, but now that's going to be taken away from me. So here's what he does. You read it with me that he got a list of the names that owed money to his Lord, to his master, and he went to them and he began to work out the details with them. And it sounded like a good deal, especially, listen, if you owed 100 uh, 100 measures of wheat, and they said, hey, write 50, that sounds like a great deal to me, right? Anybody ever gone into a store, and you see a price, and, and they say, well, listen, you, you can have it for half price. Anybody like that? You know, I love that, you know? I went to the store the other day, and, and uh, you know, you probably should never go into the store with me, because a lot of times I go in there, there was a price on something, it was already marked down, and I said to the guy, I said, hey, listen, I saw a thing on your website that says that up to uh, 40% off. And he goes, well, it's already marked down. I says, yeah, but it's not marked down to 40% off. And so he went in the back, asked his boss, came out, and I said, I said, well, that's not enough. And I was nice about it, but he went back in there. Guess what? He came back out, and they lowered the price again. Hey, does not the Bible say you have not? Why? Because you ask not, right? Think about this. If, if I don't have to pay as much for that item, it's just that much more that I can use for the Lord, right? Now, some of you are looking at me like, Pastor, I don't know about it. Listen, if you ever want to go car shopping and you want Pastor to go with you, I'll go with you. We'll get you a car. We'll get you, we'll, yeah, we'll get you a good deal. You, ne you never asked me. I could have got that car for half price, brother. All right? No, I'm just kidding. But, but listen, folks, we have to see here that he works things out with these people, and it sounded like a good deal. And remember, the Lord, even though he was an unjust steward, the Lord commended him for it. And, and you know, again, you think about how he was wanting to take care of things in his life. He wanted to make sure that he was going to have a place to live. Now, the people of this world, they're the exact same way. Do not people, they're concerned about what's going to happen to them someday. Are they going to be taken care of? Are they going to have a place to live? And, and you know, it's fine if, if we want to try to take care of that. It's not wrong to think about, you know, retirement, the days ahead, as long as we don't go overboard with it, you know. And I've seen a lot of people like that. But here's what I love is, is that when you think about being one of God's children, every one of us have an eternal future. Look what Peter said in 1 Peter 1, 4. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in where? Heaven for you. Now, you know why it's incorruptible and undefiled? Because it's in heaven and man can't touch it, right? Anything man touches, he makes a mess of it. And God says, look, I've got, I've got your reservation. If you're one of God's children, we've got an eternal home, an eternal destiny, but our future is not here. And we need to see that we have a heavenly father who has promised that God will take care of us, right? The songwriter wrote, God will take care of you. And I, how many of you believe God's going to take care of you? Now, how many of you live that way? Yeah, a lot of Christians you know, I know God's going to take care of me, but sometimes we're like, 
yeah, but I don't know. Uh, you know, have you seen the economy? Have you seen this? Have you seen that? Look, God, you know, when it comes to the economy and inflation, none of that matters to God. You know, it's in, God's inflation-proof. A lot of people worry about things, but the place where we really should be laying up reserves and making friends for the future is in heaven. One day, we're going to give an account of our stewardship. And here's the question, just like Jesus would maybe ask this of us, how have you managed the resources that have come to you? Now, you don't have to answer that. It's just a rhetorical question. But how are you managing the resources God's given to you? Every one of us right now, you should be thinking about, what am I doing with what God's given to me? Look at the verse there in your notes, Luke 16, out of this passage, verse 11. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon. Now, why does it say unrighteous mammon? Because it's talking about things of this world. God says, look, if you haven't been faithful with your paycheck, if you haven't been faithful with the things that, that, that I've given to you for your family, if you haven't been faithful with the least, is what the Bible says here, look at the rest of the question. Who will commit to your trust the true riches? Now, true riches are things that are going to heaven, right? Eternal things, true riches. God says, look, how can I trust you for the things of eternity when you can't even take care of things of this world? I think that's a fair question from God. Do you not think so? You know, you think about that. God's saying, what are you doing? Now, remember, it's easy to look at this because it's a parable. It's a story about this man that had a stewardship that had been given to him by his Lord. But why would God include this parable in the Bible because he wants us to think about everything we have belongs to him. And what God is asking every one of us is, what are you doing? Does God look at us and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant? Or is God thinking about, listen, uh, you're just not managing my affairs the way I would want you to. Now, I'm not, look, I'm not trying to guilt anybody. I'm just sharing the word of God this morning. But I think every one of us need to see from this passage how very important it is. Here's a great illustration. After many years of fruitful work with the Salvation Army, how many of you are familiar with the Salvation Army? You know, if nothing else, the bell, the standing outside of Walmart and all the stores right at Christmas time. But Salvation Army, honestly, many years ago, there was a lot of great work, and there's still some things, great things that happened through it, but the founder of the Salvation Army was a man by the name of General William Booth, and Booth was invited after many years of seeing great results uh, through that ministry, he was invited to a personal audience with Queen Victoria. I mean, what an honor to go before Queen Victoria. She was the ruler of England, and she had heard about the work of the Salvation Army in the slums among the poor. There was, they were preaching the gospel. They were helping people that had needs. And she had heard all about this. And so when the Queen of England asked the secret of Booth's success, here's what he said. Your Majesty, some men have a passion for money. Some people have a passion for things. I have a passion for people. And you say, Pastor, I thought you were talking about money this morning. You're missing it. This isn't necessarily just about money. It's about so much more. You think about the gospel and getting the gospel to the regions beyond, you know, even a church, a church is people. You think about the ministry, it's about people. Why did Jesus leave heaven? Because of people. Everything in life is about others. And William Booth discovered that, how very important it was 
that he would reach others before it was eternally too late. And he wanted to be faithful to the Lord, and he saw that what God had given to him, that stewardship, that he could use it to honor the Lord and to help other people. See, all around us, there are people with an eternal destiny who need someone to bring the good news of salvation to them. Folks, they're out there. This week, I can't Look, honestly, I had a couple opportunities, and I took them, but there were more. When I stepped back and thought about it, I had other opportunities with people that I missed this week. And if you stop and think about where you went this week and who you talked to, you probably had some opportunities. Maybe you took some of those. Maybe you squandered those. Are you being faithful with the stewardship that God has given to us? And here's the thought this morning is this, is guess what? Every one of us are going to give an account. Now that account is, you're not going to sit down with, with uh, maybe someone in finances. You're not going to sit down with a lawyer. You're going to sit down with the Lord Jesus Christ one day. And you're going to give an account, an answer. Now, you could try to be like most people. Well, I just, I don't remember that. But you're going to be sitting in front of a God who knows it all. Who knows every last thing you did in your life. And he's going to bring those things into remembrance. Look what it says in Psalm 90, in verse number 12. The psalmist says, Teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto what? Unto wisdom. That's what we need, is wisdom. So that we can make sure that we are stewarding that which God has given to us. Very important that we see this. Now, a lot of people you talk to, especially as time goes on, and I sit down with people sometimes, we talk about... Uh, you know, they come to me, Pastor, listen, I'm struggling with this, or I'm, I'm, I'm really having a hard time with this in my life. And a lot of times people say, I, I don't have time to do that. I don't have time for that. And I, I think as people talking to me, how that it is, it is never a question of time. You know what it is? It's a question of priorities. Now think about that. Priorities. It's easy to get your priorities kind of out of whack. Sometimes people, when I talk to them, I think to myself, wow, I don't even really know if they know what things should be a priority in their lives. But we need to know what is a priority in our lives. And if we're honest, we would say that it is not that I do not have time to read the Bible and I do not have time to go soul winning, but it is not a priority in my time. So many times we just... We have things that we need to do, and I have found that we always have time for what's important to us. Is that not true? What's important to each one of us, guess what? That's what we do. That's our priority. And I, look, I don't know what this unjust steward was doing, but he was doing something instead of looking at the priority that he had been given, and the priority was his stewardship, right? Do you get that out of the passage? Otherwise, he would not been have had been called an unjust steward. Somehow he missed the priority in his life, and we're going to give an account of many things in our lives. A couple of thoughts here this morning as we just introduce a few things. We're going to give an account of our talents. Every one of us, God has given us certain abilities, talents. And God's going to say to us, what did you do with what I gave to you? Now we know the story. Look, the Bible gives us another passage. To one he gave ten talents, to another five, to another, you know, to one he gave five, to one he gave two, to another one he gave one. And the one, remember the one said, hey, I went and hid it in the ground. 
because I fear that you're a hard man. You know, but remember what he said to the two that took it and put it to usury and, and gave it back with interest. He says, well done, right? And God's given many people talents. Now, I've never been one of those kind of people that have gone around because I think that's God's business and not mine. But sometimes I hear people saying, hey, listen, if you don't, it might be singing or it might be whatever it is. They might say, if you don't sing, God's going to take your voice. If you, I don't do that because to me, that's not my business. I can't make those calls. But I will tell you this, if God's given you talents, then what God wants to know is what are you doing with that talent? I've been in a lot of churches where people, I, I find out the longer I'm there, this person used to do this. This person used to be in this. This person used to do this. And there's all kinds of people sitting in every church I've ever been in that are used to be's. And I think to myself, the Lord never quit on us. He didn't stop when he, went, when he was heading to Calvary. But a lot of times people say, well, you know, things are different, things in my life. No, no, remember priorities. Keeping the Lord first. And here's what we see is that God gives us abilities for him. And God doesn't want us to, use, uh, to hide those. And, and it, here's what we do sometimes is we, we hide behind being shy. Look, everybody's shy. You'd be surprised at your pastor whenever I get up behind this pulpit. I'm glad that pulpit's that big because a lot of times you'd see my knees knocking. I've had young men who have said stuff to me like, I don't think I could get up there and preach. Every Sunday I think that. I can't get up there and do it. And when I do get up there, I get up there because God enables me. God gives me the power to do that. Even when we go to God in prayer, does not the Bible say that we can come boldly before the throne of grace? You ever stop and think about when you go to God in prayer that you're stepping into the holy of holies? You're coming before the God, the creator God. And God gives us certain talents. And one of the things that God's saying to you today is, what are you doing with what I've given to you? I was up there uh, practicing with the men this morning. A bunch of people said, uh, is the world ending? And I said, no, I don't think so. And, and he's just like, you're singing? I'm singing for the Lord. I don't have no problem with that. I'm not a singer. God called me to preach. I'm not much of a preacher. But I'm going to do whatever God's given me to do. You know why? Because God's given me talents. Many times the reason we don't do it is because we're scared to death. And the Bible says God hasn't given us the spirit of fear. A lot of times in churches... And here's what I like. You know, teenagers are exciting. You know why? Because if one teenager steps out, other teenagers will. But a lot of times when an adult steps out, other adults are like, that's good for him, not for me. <laughs> Folks, listen, God's given you the life that he's given to you. He's given you things to steward. How are you stewarding the talents? How about this one is that God's go we're, one day we're going to give an account for our influence. We all have influence. Are you using your influence? The Bible says in Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine. You know what some of you need to do? You need to take the globe off of your life and clean it. Put it back on so that you can shine the way you should be shining. You know, I, I didn't live in the days, but I heard about the lamps that they used to 
burn in the homes and they would take the globe off the top and they would use newspaper and things like that because they would get all that black film around them. You know, have you ever noticed in your car from time to time when the sun's shining, there's like a film on the inside of your car windshield? Anybody ever see that? It drives me crazy. And a lot of times I have to stop, get some Windex because it impairs your vision. But if we're going to let our light so shine before men that they may see your good works and what? Glorify your Father. You know what that's called? Influence. Influence. I just thought to myself, and I'm, I'm not, I'm, like I said, I'm just going to sing today. And Unfortunately for you, you're going to have to listen to me. <clears throat> but I'm going to sing. And, and my thought was, maybe somebody else would be encouraged that if pastor can do it, I can do it. You know, if, if somebody as bad as pastor sings, maybe if he's singing, maybe I can sing. It's not about how good you sing. It's about doing something that God's put on your heart to do. And how are you using your talents? We're also going to give an account of our treasure. And that's what this passage here really is about, is, is, is this matter of our treasure, our stewardship. See, the influential people in, in Jesus' day, the ones that overheard this conversation, they were people that were rich people. They were, as the Bible says here, they were covetous. You know what that means? They were lovers of money. Do you know anybody like that? lovers of money. There's a lot of people out there. You know, uh, I, I, I put this in here. The truth is most people don't even see those two green leaves. They just see what's in that jar right there. You know, and I think to myself how that all of that that's in this jar, there can be a lot of fruit, a lot of things that come from that, a lot of good things. And as we think about how important it is to think about the stewardship, I want you to, to understand as some principles here that I think will help us to be wise investors of that which God has given to us. So notice number one this morning, that money is a trust. That's what it is. Money's a trust. Money is loaned, it's not owed. And so we see that Jesus uses this parable. Now he also uses another parable in Luke chapter number 12. Look in your notes here in verse 18. Here in this parable, he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Now, did you notice a couple words in there? The word my, if I see it, he says there, I will bestow all my fruits and my goods. I will say unto my soul. Do you notice there it's all about him? Now he's forgotten about who's the one that gave him. You know, who's the one that entrusted him with that? Somebody said the first law of stewardship is to quit looking at money and things as my goods and my fruits. We have nothing in this life that God has not given to us. In other words, everything you have, God's given to you. Amen? God's given us all that we have. And we're like the man in the story this morning. You know what we are? We're just stewards. We are stewards of that which God has given. And we are looking after someone else's property and goods which have been placed into our hands. Here's an illustration. Some of you, I think you're getting it this morning, but let me give you a real life illustration. Kind of hit home with me, and hopefully you'll understand this. But when you go to the bank, all right, you walk up to the window, who's on the other side of the glass? Teller, right? Okay, so you walk into the bank, you go to the teller, and the teller has this wad of money, has a whole drawer full of money, right? You see all that money, but none of that money is that teller's. 
every last bit of it, at the end of the day, that teller has to give an account of what has come in and what has gone out, and that teller is responsible for every last thing that has been given to them, but she does not own it. Do you get it? Same thing with God's doing with us. We're not a teller. But one day you're going to be accountable. Money is a trust. The house you live in, the car you drive, the salary you draw, none of it is truly yours. It is a trust. All right? So money is a trust. Number two, look at the other principle, is money should be transferred. Money should be transferred. Look back in verse number nine in our passage this morning. The Bible says in verse number nine, and I say unto you, make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when ye fall, ye shall receive, uh, they shall receive you unto, into eternal habitations. Now, here he's talking about this matter of that money in our lives should be transferred. If we are a child of God, then look here, we ought to be laying up treasures up in heaven, right? Not on this earth. Here, here's a great passage. Look at Matthew 6. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moss and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your what? Heart be also. You know, there's a lot of people like this, this man that, and those Pharisees that are rich people, and the rich live for the now and now. It's all about what they can get. You know, Mr. Hefner just passed away. What an evil man. You know, a lot of people talked about all the things that he did in his life. Nothing eternal. And all the money that he had, guess what? It's all still here on this earth. He didn't take anything with him. The only thing that we can take with us is what we send on ahead of us. It's important for us to see that. Look at James 5, 1, verse number 1. Go to now, ye rich men. Weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted, your garments are moth-eaten, your gold and silver is cankered. The rust of them shall be a witness against you and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. Ye have heaped treasure together for the last days. Behold, the fire of the laborers who have uh, reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, crieth. And the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabbath. Ye have lived in pleasure on the earth and have been wanton. Notice that you've had everything this world has to offer, and yet you're still not fulfilled. You're still in wanton. It says, ye have nourished your hearts as in a day of slaughter. Ye have condemned and killed the just, and he doth not resist you. See, a rich man is one that has more than what this world has to offer. See, a lot of times I like to have fun with people. I'll say, you know what, I'm rich. And they'll say, really, how much money you have? Oh, man, more than I can count. Wow, must be awesome to have that much money. Yeah, my father's rich. Well, how much does he have? I don't even know. I don't know if anybody knows. As a matter of fact, I don't even know if he's ever sat down and counted up because I don't think it matters to him how much he has. He just owns everything. Wow, I wish I had your dad. Well, you can. And then I start talking to him about the Lord. It's a great opportunity. I've used that many times because, by the way, biblically, that is the truth. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the wealth in every mine. Somebody said that suppose the United States, here's a great thought. Suppose the United States d decided to convert all its currency into British pounds. After that took place, all U.S. currency would be worthless. Are you with me? They took it, converted it all to British pounds. 
Well, guess what? Then all the U.S. currency is worthless. Nobody would know when this changeover would happen. So what would be the wise thing to do? Turn your money into pounds and keep only enough to live on day by day. You know why? Because one day, all the treasures that we have left when we die, they're going to be lost. And one day, all our treasures, all that we have spent on our luxuries will be lost. Only that which we have converted to heavenly treasure will be left. That's the only thing that's going to matter. You read the Bible, how that everything's going to be tried so as by fire. I heard about a rich man who lost a great deal of money in a recent downturn. He made a remark to a preacher, and here's what he said. I wish I had given what I had lost to missions and to the Lord's cause. Now I have lost it. And I say to that cause, listen, everything you give to God is never lost. I, I just love to think about what the Bible says in Philippians 4, 17, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your what? Your account. See, every one of us have an account. One day we're going to give an account of the stewardship. What are you doing with the, the talents, the time, the treasure? How is your savings account with the Lord? I'm not asking about your own personal one this morning. Maybe that's a good one. Maybe it's not so good. But how's your savings account with the Lord today? Because one day we're going to give an account. See, what we, what we use is extra upon ourselves, we lose. But what we invest in souls is what we transfer to the Lord. And it's time that you and I understand that we have been given a trust. And what are we to do with that stewardship? We're to transfer it. We're to use that for the Lord. All right? So think about that this week. And we're going to get together. We're going to look at a little bit more about this, this steward, this unjust steward. And I pray that every one of us would listen to the word of God and do that which God's instructed us to do, okay? Let's pray this morning. Thank you, dear Lord, for this day. Thank you for the word of God. Pray that you'd bless our service. Lord, meet with us this morning. May your will be done in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.